Hello and welcome to the Monday edition of the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Fighting for faith, family, and freedoms on the front lines of the America First movement. Follow me on Gab at GOP Josh. My Twitter is GOP Josh 20. Instagram's the same, Getter's GOP Josh. I'm pretty much anywhere. Telegram t.me slash GOP Josh. Send in a message to the show. GOPJosh.com slash show. Click on the little message button. It says send a message to the show. I don't really know exactly what it says, but I know it has something to do with a message. Send in a voicemail to the show. Help us out. Give us some content and give us your thoughts. We talked about a poll on one day last week. I don't know exactly what day it was. About how, maybe it was the day before or the week before. Of a poll came out by Gallup saying that the Democrats are in for a treat. And by a treat, I mean a hard time in 2022. Another poll from NBC News basically says the same. Now, I thought originally, and I didn't say this on the show, but I thought of it, I, I thought it, that the Gallup poll may be an outlier. Uh, obviously, when you just see one poll, you should take it as a, with a grain of salt. But this is another poll. This is a different poll from a different pollster with a different group of people from NBC News. According to a new NBC News survey, this is from The Blaze, the overwhelming majority of Americans believe the United States is heading in the wrong direction. Biden's approval is underwater. Kamala Harris is more unpopular than Trump. 72% of respondents to the U.S. is heading off in the wrong off on the wrong track. 22% said we are headed in the right direction. 54% say they disapprove of Joe Biden. 43% say they approve. Among registered voters, it's 54 and, 50, and 44. Respondents say they disapprove of Joe Biden's job performance on the economy. 60 to 38%. COVID, 53 to 43 and foreign policy, 54 to 37. Jobs and the economy are the most important issues to voters, which is good for us if you look at the economy numbers and then um, the most important issues. 81% of Americans believe 2021 was a below-average year and one of the worst years in American history. 61% of respondents said that their, their income is falling behind the cost of living. 70% of respondents resonate with the following statement. America has become so deeply divided and politically polarized that our national government can no longer solve the major issues facing our country, and these differences will only continue to grow. The poll found that Kamala Harris is the most unpopular major politician asked about, receiving, receiving a favorability rating of 17%, while the Democratic Party was more unfavorable than the Republican Party. Polling strategists who conducted the survey explained how the poll demonstrated a grim look for uh, Democrats. Downhill divided, doubting democracy, falling behind and tuning out. This is how the Americans are feeling as they're heading into 2022. Democratic pollster uh, Jeff Horwitt told the Heart Research Associates of Heart Research Associates told NBC News, there is nothing but flashing red lights and warning signs for the Democrats. When... You spend your entire first year getting zero things for the average American accomplished. When you leave Americans and American taxpayer dollars behind in a foreign nation that hates us, giving their terrorist organization control of it right away. When you are the president behind a major economic disaster. Obviously, 2021 was not the improvement they wanted it to be. Every month, there was a below-average uh, job numbers come out. Uh, that was a terrible way to say it, but you know what I'm trying to say. 
when your entire first year is plagued, no pun intended, by these crises that you do nothing about, Joe Biden is an empty suit. He cannot accomplish anything. I'll I'll honestly be surprised surprised if he survives 2022. There is, as Republican pollster Bill McIndroff said, there is nothing but flashing red lights and warning signs for the Democrats. They they, they call them the do-nothing Democrats for, for a reason. Because they're getting nothing accomplished for the average American. Nothing accomplished whatsoever. I just dropped a coin if you heard that. I was fidgeting with the coin. That they're they're getting nothing done at all. And they wonder why their numbers are so low. The Republican Party is more favorable because they want to go back to President Trump when gas was a dollar something a gallon, when you could survive and prosper in America. They want to go back to twenty twenty. They want or not really twenty twenty, but they want to go back to twenty nineteen. They want to go back to President Trump. And this sets up a a good scenario for the midterms for us. Especially with the Democratic infighting, which we're going to be talking about next. Bernie Sanders double down doubles down on publicly shaming Kirsten Cinema. Uh I mean, before we even move on. The Arizona Democratic Party censured Kirsten Cinema, but when we do it, we're considered loyalists. We're considered anti-American democracy when we censure our Republicans. Independent Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders made it clear Sunday that he believes publicly shaming members of the Democratic Party, with whom he caucuses as the correct strategy in an evenly divided Senate where he cannot win without their votes. Sanders made a brief appearance on Meet the Press where he told anchor Chuck Scott that the Arizona Democratic Party was exactly right to censure Kirsten Sinema uh, for her refusal to back changes to the filibuster, also taken by Joe Manchin, which effectively blocked the passage of two Democratic-led bills aimed at a federal overhaul of election law. Sanders began by saying he believed it was past time to get out in the back rooms and onto the Senate floor, arguing that they should start voting on things that the American people could see for themselves where everyone stood. Um... Do you think it was healthy for the Democratic Party to highlight division of the party, uh, division of, to highlight the division of the party? According or t- Todd Prest, uh, um, the Chuck Todd, I think his name. I don't know. I don't watch Meet the Press. Uh, asked Sanders, "You look at Kirsten Cinema. She was censured by the Arizona Democratic Party. Good." Sanders interjected. Yeah, I do. I think exact exactly right because voting rights were the issue at hand. The situation had to be handled differently. Let's see if there's a clip of this here. Oh, they want to they want to play a commercial. We're not we're not doing that. I'm not waiting a minute for the commercial to get over on a Twitter video. Sorry about that, guys. I'm not, we're not doing that today. Oh, there's the ad. The ad's gone. Okay, I can skip it. Let me see here. If this wants to work, I'm having technical difficulties already this week. Okay, yeah, this doesn't want to work, will it? Nope. Oh, because I'm using the wrong channel. Do you think, though, it's been healthy for the Democratic Party to highlight the division in the party? You know, you look at Senator Sinema. She was, she was censured by the Arizona Democratic Party over what Look. some will look at as a disagreement over tactics, not over substance, but over tactics. Do you no. think that was an appropriate action? Yeah, I do. I think it's exactly right. Look, on that... Do you think, though... It's- yep, he thinks it's exactly right. The Republican Party cannot censure Republicans. 
You cannot have a a a leader, President Trump, who is a little more harsh with his words. You can't have a Republican Party led by people who support President Trump. But the Democratic Party and state parties get applauded when they censure members for standing up for the Constitution. State legislatures are supposed to dictate election law in the respective states. The election law in Wyoming is different than the election law in California on purpose. Because they have different populations, they have different abilities, they have different transportation, they have different cities, a different population. Obviously, they're going to be different. No two states are the same, and no two states should have identical election laws. And I'm going to continue saying this for as long as I host the show, I'm sure. Outlawing voter ID is truly a position of a major political party in 2020, in 2022, I should say. That's scary. If you cannot confirm who you are, you shouldn't be able to vote. You shouldn't be able to get a ballot mailed to any person in the world. But these things are are politically inconvenient because the Republicans would lose if these election laws pass. Because they'll be able to steal votes, steal another election like they did in 2020. And so, of course, they need to get it passed as soon as possible. When we come back, we're going to be talking about hypocrisy from the Democratic Party, from Kamala Harris in particular. About a plea to keep the filibuster in 2017. My name is Yopi Josh. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Email the show, josh at gopjosh.com. 30 Senate Democrats, including Kamala Harris, signed a plea to keep the filibuster in 2017. This is an article from the Daily Caller. I guess I didn't actually know about this until the Daily Caller talked about it and brought it up. Several Democratic senators are defending their votes to eliminate the filibuster less than five years after demanding that Republicans keep the procedure. In a Wednesday vote, two or forty-six Democrats and two independents. It was Angus, or Angus King and Bernie Sanders of the Independents, I think, moved to axe the nearly two hundred-year-old filibuster. Although they were ultimately unsuccessful, for twenty-six of those senators, the vote re- marked a complete l- reversal of their twenty seventeen position. In a twenty seventeen letter to address to Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the senators argued that they wished to preserve existing rules, practices, and traditions as they pertain the right of members to engage in extended debate on legislation. At the time, uh, Trump urged McConnell to eliminate the filibuster to pass bills related to immigration and health care. McConnell refused, which I respect Mitch McConnell McConnell for that. Um, Some of the 
senators who signed the letter. Let me let me look through this list here. There's a list. It was signed by um, Orrin Hatch, Joe Manchin, Claire McCaskill, John McCain, Lisa Murkowski. This is some Republicans as well. Patrick Leahy. Uh, let's see here. Let me find another Democrat. Uh, Angus King, which is the Independent. Michael Bennett, Mark Werner, Amy Klomachar, uh, Bob Casey. A lot of these uh, have voted to remove the filibuster so they could pass their voting rights, and I'm putting rights in quotes legislation. But if you... Okay, this is this is something important. Independent Maine Senator Angus King. Let's talk about the letter itself. He said during an exchange with uh, Tom Cotton, it says we are united in our determination to preserve the ability of members to engage in extended debate when the bills are on the Senate floor. I agree with that, that the proposal is going to be put on the floor today is one that will allow extended debate. Hmm. I'm trying to see. So 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 he he's not being consistent. He says here we're talking about the fundamental structure changes not policy changes, structural changes that I believe in spite of your comments that in many states across the country are compromising the ability of our people to express themselves in our democracy. So he says in and this is a a odd take that because this is legislation that is protecting the people's right to vote and their right to stay in debate, I guess, that they don't have to debate anymore. I, I, I think that's the take of Senator King, not a take that I agree with. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Maggie Hassan claim that the Freedom of the Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act are categorically different from other legislation and should be subject to the filibuster. But he never but she said I never imagined when I signed that letter that not a single American not a single member of the Republican Party was sent up for democracy. America is not a democracy. We never have been. We're a we are a representative republic. A constitutional republic. But they use the word democracy because that's what they wish we were. They wish we were a direct democracy, which would lead to mob rule, would lead to the rule of the 51% majority dictating on what the 49% can do with their entire life. And, and, and it takes away our freedoms and it, and it will not protect our freedoms. It will not protect our rights, democracy, pure democracy, is not the best system. Because it will lead to a rule of one class over the other, or one group over the other. And you will have no ability to stand up for it. Because if you don't have 51%, you're, you're, you can't do anything. So, so using the democracy rhetoric for these, this Voting Rights Act is it, it, it just doesn't make sense. But you can't tell them, them being the Democratic Party, what's in the Constitution and what's not. You know why? Because they don't know the Constitution. I have a feeling a good amount of them have never read the Constitution. Anyways, we're going to move on because I don't want to 
put out a blame and claim they haven't read the Constitution when they might have. I don't know. We've never been a pure democracy. But also, we are not a... What's the word? What was I going to say? What 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 did I just lose from my brain? Oh, yeah. Uh, Voting Rights Act federalizes our election process, and the Constitution states that it directly... The job, running the election process, is directly the job of the state's legislatures. But they ignore that as well. Because they won't be able to steal elections if not. Here, here is the, the family part of the show today. And I don't really want to have be tied up to segments of the show, but as well as freedoms. The judge blocks a Biden-vax mandate for federal workers. A federal judge on Friday ro- blocked a Biden administration order mandating that federal employees be vaccinated against COVID. Uh, judge Jeffrey Brown ruled against the Biden administration, arguing that President Joe Biden lacks authority to mandate that all federal employees consent to vaccination against COVID-19 or lose their job. The court notes that at the outset that this case is not about whether folks should be vaccinated against COVID-19. The court believes they should. It is not even about the federal government's power. Um, exercise properly to mandate vaccination. It is instead about whether the president can, with a stroke of the pen and without input of Congress, require millions of federal employees to undergo a medical procedure at the, as a condition of their employment. That under the current state of the law, is, uh, as just recently expressed by the Supreme Court, is a bridge too far. I have hope. Hope is a hard thing to have in 2021 when it seems like the world is going to end. But but I have hope. I have hope that our freedom will possibly exist until 2024 because contrary to my original thought, the Democratic Party, and not really the Democratic Party, but justices in... in Judges and the legal system is not going to let Joe Biden run rampant. And, and I don't know Jerry or Jeffrey Brown's political beliefs, but I do know that there is some freedom to his. Yeah, he, he was appointed by Trump that, that he believes in freedom. And that's a good thing. It it shouldn't come to this. But I'm glad that there is a judge out there willing to stand up for our federal employees who don't want to get vaccinated. Who, 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 I mean, this should never be a bridge you have to walk on to keep your employment. The vaccination should never be the narrow bridge with falling boards like you're walking across Shrek's moat or whatever the word is. That should never be what a vaccination is. It's a health procedure in order to protect employees, which is understandable. Wanting to protect your employees is understandable. But it's not like a hard hat. You can't take a vaccine off, hang it up at the end of the day, 
and go home and have a, a have a have a unvaccinated body. You can't put on the vaccine for eight hours a day. It's not like a hard hat. You you can mandate a hard hat on a job, but you can't mandate a health procedure. Especially not with the stroke of a pen. Without the consent of Congress. And I don't think, at least I hope not, that it, that if he did go to Congress with this proposal, if President Biden went to Congress with this proposal, that they would support it. I, I really don't think so, especially with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema not really standing up with the Democratic Party most of the time. One more thing, one more thing. We have to get to this. We only have a couple minutes left. A school in Lebanon, Ohio, pretty close to home, has a after-school Satan club. The Ohio Press Network, this is actually a, a follow-up, reported the uproar generated by the southwest uh, city of Ohio uh, when 20,000, a city of 20,000, when a flyer announcing the debut of ASSC, an after-school Satan club, led by the Satanic Temple at Donovan Elementary School, was widely circumvented across multiple social media platforms. I'm going to read this flyer to you. Hey kids, let's have fun at an after-school Satan club. Science projects, puzzles and games, arts and crafts, nature activities. We'll learn benevolent and empathy, benevolence and empathy, personal sovereignty, problem-solving, critical thinking, and creative expression. Taught by volunteer teachers who have past criminal background checks. Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religion that views Satan as a mystical feature representing figure, I'm sorry, representing individual freedom. Does not attempt to convert children to any religious ideology. <laughs> that That's a laugh right there. Instead, the satanic, satanic temple supports children to think for themselves. This isn't in an elementary school. The left works so hard to keep the Bible out of schools. But as soon as you want to have a a Satan club, a Satan club, that's completely fine. To to think of this group, what this group stands for. The Satanic Temple issued a press release in late December uh, condemning Senate Bill 27, requires an abortion to bury or cremate the removed fetal tissue. This is an unconstitutional affront to religious liberty. I am these people. Want to come to your child's school? Because I know that we have some parents who listen to the show. Want to come to your child's school? Bring Satan into the doors. And indoctrinate your children, no matter what they say. Indoctrinate your children. And turn them into a Satanist. And that's the goal. The goal is to remove Christ from our society because the further away 
from a godless society we are, the faster we will fall. And the more likely we are to not stand up for what's right. Think about that. Tell me if you have had anything like this come to your child's school. Email me, joshgopjosh.com. As far as I'm aware, there's nothing like this in my school. There is a, 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 a LGBTQ plus school, but there's or a club, but that's about as far into that it goes. My name is JP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back after, or we will not be right back after this. We'll be right back tomorrow at the same time tomorrow with a brand new episode. My name is JP Josh. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.